Welcome to Fandom and Wellness. A podcast about the complex relationship between fandom and mental health. Disclaimer, we are not psychiatrists or psychologists. We are just fangirls with a vested interest in mental health. I'm Arkita. And I'm Jenny. And today we have a special guest, Robin of Geek Girl Strong. Hello. Welcome. Thanks. So our pronouns are she, her, hers. What are yours? Mine are the same. She, her, hers. Awesome. Uh, So can you tell us a bit about Geek Girl Strong? Sure. So this month actually makes five years since I started. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Since I started Geek Girl Strong while I was a public school PE and health teacher, I started Mm -hmm. out uh, just bartering services with a couple of people to see if it was something that would work. And now five years later, it's turned into a wellness community for people who are just seeking a fun and inclusive, holistic health coaching and community (laughs) type of thing. Um, A lot of our clients and community members are people who are either just beginning their wellness journey um, and some people who have been at it for a really long time. But basically, we all just have a common interest in things that are geeky. Mm, awesome. Um, and how do you incorporate like fandom into your into your business? So in a few different ways, I think that what people kind of look past is that just having a health professional of any kind who can relate to you on different levels is typically really helpful for people. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, you know, whether that's a therapist who understands why you care that a TV series is ending and why that's upsetting to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, a health coach who, while you're, you know, doing your private sessions and working out, you can talk about the fact that you both just saw the newest Marvel movie when that was still a thing that was possible to do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> correct. Um, but then also on top of that, it's a little more straightforward in terms of Fangirl Health Club being a monthly event that always has a geeky theme. And I just realized that the last one that we were able to do in person was our Birds of Prey themed workout where not only do I play music that incorporates or is inspired by the you know, whatever fandom it is that we're celebrating and working out about that day. Mm -hmm. But also movements will be inspired by different characters or by the the fandom in general. So we had lots of kicking, lots of punching. We (laughs) had uh, bat swinging. We had ball throwing. um, Lots of things that kind of embodied the characters from the Birds of Prey movie. So you know, I kind of thread that through a lot of different things, including the Patreon, where whatever theme there is, it's for everyone, whether they're in person, like we used to be, or uh, from far away. So last night, we just had a dance party, our first virtual dance party. And the theme was kind of musical comics. It was comics in general. uh, But we played a lot from Scott Pilgrim. Nice. Played some Birds of Prey stuff for sure because of Black Canary. And then we gave away a bunch of comic books as prizes as well. Yay. That's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like fandom obviously just makes everything more engaging no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. 
And if you don't want to be doing it, <laughs> it makes it more, so much easier. Yeah. Um, so, like, along those lines, like, how do you motivate people and earn their trust? Because you've described um, you've described your company as a fitness company for women and non-binary people who don't want to exercise. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I use lots of different words to describe Geek Girl Strong, but that's mm-hmm. definitely one that comes up a lot because I heard someone else say it. Or I just mm. hear a lot of our members say it, like, I really don't like working out, but I will I will show up to these events um, in order to see my friends and maybe win something cool. Yeah. Um, so I find that grouping rewards together, so the reward of knowing that being physically active is good for you with seeing like-minded people who are interested in the same things as you is really motivating to keep going. Um, and then I think earning trust definitely comes over time. And, um, I think a part of it is just being honest. Um, I think I got that from being a public school teacher. Kids will Mm -hmm. like tear you apart if you are fake. (laughs) They know. Uh, and I taught middle school and high schoolers. So, um, you know, they, kids are really good readers of people. Um, if you give mm-hmm. them a chance, typically. And I think that being transparent and being honest uh, has allowed for me to build trust with people who feel really uncertain about fitness and wellness, as they should, because overall, it's not very welcoming. Mm-hmm. So you talk about um, a lot about all the different people that come to your classes and how diverse they are. These are all people, all different geeky women and geeky non-binary folks that come from different walks of lives. Um, Why is it so important to you to be inclusive in Geek Girl Strong? Well, I think for one, because if it were someone else running Geek Girl Strong, I would want to feel welcome as Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a, you know, first generation American on my mom's side, black woman who's from Brooklyn um, and comes from a working class family or lower even, honestly. Um, So for one, I kind of, you know, want to build the world that I want to live in. And then on top of that, I just, I think that just as much as people say that healthcare is a right, that movement and the access to movement and access to food that is helpful and access to mental health, all of those things are a right. And um, limiting that for anyone is unjust. Now I, now I sound like a full Gryffindor, if the listener didn't know already, <laughs> screaming about injustice. Um, injustice! Um, so I think, you know, I, I also actually, a lot of people don't know this, because since it's getting to be further and further away as I do this longer, a lot of people don't know that when I was a PE teacher, I actually got my start as teaching a lot of adaptive PE classes, which is uh, physical education for students who have less mobility for any reason or less mm-hmm. ability for movement. We didn't have that in when we were in school. So what's funny is that all schools do have it, but it's attached with a child's like individualized education programming. So okay. it, it's it's something that's a little bit more than like the average kid who maybe 
feels like they can't keep up in a PE class. They, these are students who are legally blind or legally oh, deaf or hard of hearing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or use a walker or a wheelchair or any chair of any kind. Um, so they have a smaller setting in when, when they're getting the services that they deserve. <laughs> That's a whole other subject. But I, so I, I got to spend a lot of my time when I was in my, wow, it's like 10 years ago now when I started teaching, um, <laughs> almost 10 years ago, uh, with students who never, well, not never, but who it was less likely that they had the opportunities that other kids did to play. Mm-hmm. And I think that along with just my own personal beliefs that I've had or built over time made it so that I wanted to make sure that everyone knew that wellness was open to them. Right. So how do you kind of make people feel included no matter what their size or ability is? I think it's sometimes honestly really hard as someone who doesn't wear plus size clothes and has not in my life. But at the same time, I don't think it's it's very hard to try and be empathetic to other people's experiences through your own difficult experiences. You would think. You, you would think, Jenny. You would think. Some people yeah. seem to have no empathy at all, but yep. um, I am someone who has a plethora of empathy to the point that I'm a crier, so I cry all the time. Um, <laughs> but um, so, you know, I, I've definitely had my own issues with my body just as most people, especially mm-hmm. those of us who were raised or socialized as girls and women have had, because the mm-hmm. world is not great to us in those terms. And I think a really big thing for people is learning that bodies are different, period. So yep. just because my body looks a certain way doesn't mean yours is supposed to or the person next to you. And in my classes, um, especially in the group setting, I try to repeat that a lot and ensure that people understand that my squat looks like this. Your squat right. is going to look different, even if we do the same exact thing, because mm-hmm. we are not identical twins. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, like I'm yeah. an only child, so I don't share DNA like that with anybody. Um, mm-hmm. And just ensuring that people know that they can move their body in a way that works for them, no matter their size, no matter their abilities, and that any movement is going to be better than none at all. Um, and studies keep proving that over and over again, that mm-hmm. rather than looking at it in a this or that or a black and white way is that doing what you can is what actually works in the long run. So I've always wanted to make sure that, you know, even thinking back to my students, that any size of student, any ability of student, that there was something that they could do for their health and to make sure that they felt empowered to do so. Yeah, this is, I feel like this is where communication and transparency comes in too, because obviously, like, if you are, if they trust you, um, they know that they can tell you when they are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and they can't do something and you can easily help them adapt to the exercise. Absolutely. One of the things that I write in my, you know, kind of pre-event introductory email before people come is that I pride myself on, you know, being able to find modifications for Mm -hmm. movement for anyone. I, I haven't 
hit a wall yet on that. I'm I'm an imperfect being though, so I'm sure it will eventually happen, but I I pride myself on someone who can do that very well. And I like to make sure that people know that I want for them to ask me and I want for them to challenge me because I, I don't want, you know, to just be getting by on this stuff. I, I want to be good at it and I want for people to feel good about it. Nice. So even among all those things, being able to adapt workouts and make things more inclusive or just very inclusive for the community that you've worked so hard to build, what's one of your favorite things about running Geek Girl Strong? You guys. Um, it's it's obviously for me it's really the community and it makes it even better that that wasn't a part of my plan um when I decided to start Geek Girl Strong after meeting many of you all and and many of our Geek Girl Strong community members at Geek Girl Brunch I was Mm -hmm. slow down when I say that because people just think I'm going to say strong again. <laughs> um, so Geek Girl Brunch, the meetup group, introduced me to a lot of the people still within the Geek Girl Strong community. And they're actually the reason why I thought that it could be a viable or possible business venture mm-hmm. when I became unhappy as a school teacher. And I thought that working with people individually was the way to best serve that community. And then News 12 actually approached me and said, Oh, what you're doing sounds really cool. We would like to do a story on you. Can we come to one of your classes to record you? And I was like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. Sure. And so I got a whole bunch of people that I knew from pole dancing that I knew actually one of my former students came, um, a whole bunch of people from Geek Girl Brunch and just like all of a sudden, maybe within two weeks or so, put on my first Fangirl Health Club event and News 12 showed up as people were walking out the door to leave because it was over. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awkward. <laughs> so actually still to this day, I have not been on News 12 for my business. <laughs> And I'm a little bitter about it. Um, Wow. (laughs) But it was, you know, this chance thing that happened that motivated me to create more of a group setting. And then Mm -hmm. now people have just run with it. Um, I, I always think back to one particular group that I worked with through my power program, a three month health coaching program. And, you know, they're, really good friends now with or without me, like, I don't matter anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which which is kind of what I want overall. I want to eventually, I don't want for everyone to need me all the time. Because if everyone needs me all the time, that means I'm not doing a good job. I guess, but I always want people to always need (laughs) me. I mean, yes. So like, I would love to continue being a resource for people that I work with, but I I don't necessarily want to have to do the fishing for everyone forever. I want, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to like share a meal when we all went fishing individually and then we all eat the fish together. That that was a stretch, but I'm still going with it. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) So it works. Okay. If people don't know the saying, it's just that rather, you know, it's like, don't teach someone you know, don't give someone a fish all the time. Teach them how to mm-hmm. fish for themselves. And and that's where that comes from, okay? 
Yes. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Okay, good. <laughs> Something about fish. Okay. Oh, thanks, Arkina. <laughs> Way to be a non-animal eater. Uh, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, is, is that, did I bring up a sensitive topic? My bad. Jenny knows. I ate a thing while I was in Texas. It was interesting. I didn't like it, so I stopped. What was what was the thing? <laughs> oh, I ate some brisket. Oh, wow. You went for it. I figured if I'm in Texas, I would try it. And Absolutely. Then I, was like, I was like, I don't like the texture, and it hurts my teeth. And <laughs> it didn't, like, I ate all of it, but it didn't taste that great. I was like, okay. I don't see the hype. So, fine. But now you know. Now I know. Now you know. Sometimes I just want to know. But Life is just a big experiment. That's honestly how I try to get people to look at their health sometimes when they feel really overwhelmed about like trying a vegetable is like, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. And in I'm your not- case, it was brisket. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, you should meet my friend Eunice. It, it will be like being in between a rock and a hard place because she refuses to eat any vegetables is whatsoever. It, is it the Eunice who I have met? You have met her? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> um, all right. Maybe maybe one day I'll grab her ear and be like, I got this vegetable in my pocket. You want one? <laughs> I got what you mean. I got these veggies. If it's not candied, I don't think she'll want it. I have a whole freezer of vegetables because I bought a bunch of them fresh and then froze them. That's a great idea. Smart. You Look at mm-hmm. you dropping knowledge, giving the, giving the people good ideas. Because I feel like right now it's so hard with things being on lockdown and social distancing. And I like to have fresh fruits and vegetables, but I can't mm-hmm. go out every single week to get fresh right. stuff. And yeah, I'm going to mad if I have to wait a few weeks to use it. So I've just been buying them fresh, rinsing them, and then freezing them right away. And just absolutely. keeping out what I'm going to use. Yeah, I'm doing that. To, no, I was just going to say, you don't want it to go bad, and then it just goes to waste anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that, but with meat, so. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a weird texture i don't like it i don't know i don't i don't really eat red meat yeah you're right i did go straight for it and you did you went from like broccoli to brisket in, <laughs> in like 0.2 seconds that's i know great. that's great good for you you tried something I did. You know. anyway <laughs> sorry um <laughs> so i think it's great how organic everything kind of came together and so especially now that we're all social distancing you're doing a lot of stuff on social media and in the past you've been very vocal about your PTSD on social media if you feel comfortable discussing it um how do you find it manifesting in your everyday life uh so when I first got the heads up that we might might talk about this I was kind of like, Ooh, I, I know, only- <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I only talk about this when I want to talk about it, um, which is true. So, you know, I think what I've gotten a lot better about with it is that I, I don't do anything for anyone else in the sense of like, I'm not going to talk about this just because Jenny and Arkita would like for us to talk about it on their podcast. It's a motivation to be more transparent, like we were talking about, and to break Mm -hmm. stigmas around it that I'm sure makes me nervous to talk about it. But I've also gotten to a place where I can do some really good self-talk 
and work through kind of like the pros and the cons and and see how I really feel about it and see where that initial like fear is coming from and Mm -hmm. be able to be like, okay, you can talk about it as much or as little as you would like, but it's already Mm -hmm. out there because you wanted it to be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, with all of that said, I, I do feel uncomfortable talking about it, but not to the point to stop me from talking about it, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. Have have you all explained PTSD on your podcast? I feel like I listened to an episode a while back about it. We've t- definitely touched on it every once in a while. Yeah. Um, Arkita has been able to talk a little bit about her PTSD. Yeah. I think I listened to that episode because it was one specifically like the title had it in it too, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering yep. correctly. It was yeah. about Stranger Things, yes. Yes, that's what it was. Um, so what? how long ago was it now? It's less than 10 years. I was maybe 25-ish. I'm, I'm 31 now. And I was diagnosed with it around there, but I've been experiencing the symptoms of it for what is now apparent most of my life. I I was diagnosed Mm -hmm. with a major depressive disorder when I was a teenager. And what I now know is that I was depressed as a kiddo, but it was actually a symptom of my PTSD and Mm -hmm. not a thing on its own. So the social distancing hasn't been too hard on me because I'm pretty introverted. I'm very social. But I'm Mm -hmm. someone who gets drained by social interaction and feels re-energized by being on my own. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel too hard, but I tend to definitely be really hard on myself um, if my coping mechanisms aren't working too well. And I've just really had to work on accepting that this is a very traumatic time for everyone. For sure. Everyone is going to experience it in different ways. Um, Being someone who has had traumatic experiences on and off since they were, I was about three years old, makes it sometimes a little more difficult to uh, (laughs) to, to go through something else. And you two will Uh actually relate to this. I'm a little bit older than the both of you, but I was talking to someone about how I think Native New Yorkers are dealing with this better than people can imagine because our generation of New Yorkers have been through it. Yeah, you are correct. I was in my second day of the eighth grade at school in Manhattan, in Chelsea. And if you don't know where that is, it's not very far from the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. Um, What On 9-11, it was my second day of the eighth grade. I was just a child. And then yeah. when I was in high school, we had our blackout that no one seems to remember. I remember the, that blackout. That's what I'm saying. The whole city. When was that? That had to 2003? be like... 2003? Yeah. It was like mid-2000s, early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. I was... Was it in the summer? Yes. It was in July. Was it? Yes. It was hot. Because <laughs> I remember a blackout on my sister's birthday on August... 14. <laughs> Maybe it was but, August. I just know it was summer. It could have yeah, been August. 
There's also probably been multiple blackouts well, as yes. well. But yeah. this one was the entire city. All of mm-hmm. New York City was gone. I was in Manhattan at the time. I couldn't get home. I had to spend the night at a friend's yeah. house because I'm from Brooklyn. Wow. Um, and then we had Hurricane Sandy, which was one yes. of the worst things we've seen. And then now we have this. I don't know. New Yorkers between the age of like 25 and 35 have just been through it. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, I never, I never thought about it <laughs> like that, but it's true. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and this goes for anyone who's experienced any kind of trauma, there is a resiliency that comes from surviving those things. But there's also sometimes there's this like, oh, can, can I can I get a break, please? Can my brain have a break? Can life just calm <laughs> down and shut up for a second? And mm-hmm. I think that's where it's difficult for me. I think that's where my anger lies and my a lot of my mental health ends up exhibiting itself as anger so if i'm anxious i'm angry if i'm sad mm-hmm. i'm angry like i'm just angry about all of it um Same. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and i've had to do a lot of work um on saying that to myself or saying that to my partner and being like i am very angry right now because i am sad and that's just the way my brain works um, mm-hmm. so I, I think that's kind of been the thing is like when I'm angry to think about and talk about what's underneath it. And I'm feeling pretty angry with the state of the world right now. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's been, been pretty difficult. Yeah. My 2020 has been a time. <laughs> <laughs> I like to give it in a nutshell for the audience, I brought in 2020 in Australia. So the sky, oh, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> the sky was oh, no. foggy every day because the continent was on fire. Oh, gosh. Um, which, you know, I still absolutely loved my time in Australia, but I am so fortunate that I was able to do any of that. And I don't take any of that for granted. But, you know, things it's, were scary. It certainly wasn't. It wasn't ideal. No, no, it wasn't what I would hope for for anyone. Um, And then about two days after I came back, my apartment was burglarized pretty severely. Um, And then we, you know, some, I don't know, I hate silver linings. I think that they're dumb. Don't talk to me about nice things (laughs) and bad things. Uh, I talk about that with my therapist a lot. Um, we, We are working on this is something I guess with my PTSD is we are working on accepting the things that have happened rather than trying to find the good things in them, because that just makes me Mm -hmm. angry. I don't want to find nice things about traumatic things that have happened to me, but maybe I can work a little bit better at what's like just radically accepting the things that I can't change rather than Mm -hmm. uh, distressing myself over them and ruminating and thinking about them over and over again. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so that guy who robbed me was caught and then released because of COVID. And then also there's just COVID. So yeah. <laughs> uh, 2020 has been a exercise in navigating my mental health. I've certainly gotten a lot of secondhand anxiety from your situation. Look, I'm, so- One, <sighs> I'm sorry that you feel that. No. Two. <laughs> Uh, I don't blame your brain for feeling that way. Uh, it's, it just su- yeah, it just, it's, it's, just been, it's definitely been rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been awful. But I'm here, going to therapy, talking to you two, doing the thing. <laughs> I'm smiling right now. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, you did. Me- you mentioned coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Do you do you want to share kind of like what they are? Sure. Movement has been my primary coping mechanism since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Not that children know that. I did not realize that dancing <laughs> and playing softball and like doing all these other sports, playing soccer, um, yeah, would become my coping mechanism. But still, to this day, if I am not physically active, my brain doesn't work not even that doesn't work as well like it just stops um and um you know my my geeky things or my fandoms are definitely a way of me coping and I think my work is a coping mechanism I have a lot of performance anxiety when it comes to work and being public facing and all of that but keeping my head down and doing something that I feel passionate about is definitely a way that I I cope with the other things going on cool yeah can you expand more about how like fitness and fandom help you with your mental health sure it's actually pretty interesting i'm, I'm just learning more about it uh i'm reading a book called the body keeps the score along with just doing my own research on the internet mm-hmm. and all of those things and my partner is just recently a licensed nurse practitioner of mental health and psychology um, oh yeah, he just he just got his license in the mail, so he was very Yay. excited. Nice. Um, so you know, I'm always learning a lot, either from my partner or in my own research, about the connection between our brains and the memories that we keep and our trauma and how it just lives in our bodies with us, whether we realize it necessarily or not, and how things like disassociating from your body and pain that you feel because your body is so stressed out can be um, alleviated through movement, through stretching, Mm -hmm. through exercising. A lot of people who have experienced trauma tend to sometimes disassociate or maybe not up to that level, just not quite feel in their bodies um, Mm -hmm. as a way to cope, as a way to survive what they've been through. And I find that exercising just my body and my brain like the connection between all of those things in there, I think is really good for me and really healthy and allows for me to feel present, which I'm not very good at. um, Because trauma is your past. Uh, Trauma is not your future because we don't know what's coming. So I, as someone who has PTSD, I tend to live in the past a lot. Like my body lives in the past because of what my brain and my body have been through. So exercising outside of the like adrenaline that you get and the hormone boosts and all the happy feel goods that you get. It's also a way for me to presently be in my body, um, which is Mm -hmm. really good for me, I think. Yeah. And I think we do have a tendency to kind of separate mental and physical health a little too much. Absolutely. When they are much more tied, I think, than anyone like who doesn't think about it realizes. Right, Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, And I didn't think about it before doing the work that I do now. I started kind of learning more about it while in college because of the studying that I was doing. Mm -hmm. But the more and more that I learned, one, we don't know anything about bodies yet. Like we're still (laughs) learning as a human species, especially the brain. um, We're learning about that stuff all the time. The collective we are learning about it all the time. Um, And... I think more and more people are just realizing, you know, like, oh, your stiff neck is because you are so stressed out 
or like you're mm-hmm. so anxious. And sometimes it can be like pulling your shoulders up to your ears all the time and not realizing it because your body is just holding that position. And that's a lot of stress on your body, but it's not coming out of nowhere. Um, typically, it's stemming from something else that's going on with you. I'm like lowering my shoulders, straightening my back. (laughs) (laughs) I did too. Stop biting my lips. Do you Uh, bite the inside or the outside? The outside. Yeah. I I tend to, one, I'm a nail biter. I have no nails right now. I'm going to try to paint my nails later today to try. That's that's (laughs) one of the ways that I try to cope with one of my not so healthy coping mechanisms. Um, but I also bite the inside of my lips sometimes. It's it's so annoying. But yeah, like we were just saying, our mental health exhibits itself physically all the freaking time. Yeah. Um, and then I think you were asking me about fandoms. Yes. I think, one, it's what I like to call brain candy. Okay. Stuff. So like Naruto and Animal Crossing. <laughs> like yes. Those things don't necessarily have a lot of substance like they do and they don't but sometimes you just need like you don't need nutrients you just want candy because it makes you happy (laughs) and sometimes I just want brain candy and that's Naruto Shippuden (gasps) I've even watched Boruto and I don't care about Boruto (laughs) in fact I don't care about any of their kids I'm literally watching it for the moments that they show the characters from Naruto Shippuden. That's the only reason why I watch it. That's legit. Yeah. But anyway, so (laughs) I have those things. And then, um, you know, I have the other just TV shows and other movies that I watch. Um, Comic books have been a really big one for me. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I I mentioned Animal Crossing. That's a video game. Video games have been big for me. Um, for most, if not all of my life since I could start playing. And um, I think I, one, it's escapism. And as a kid who was going through really traumatic things at home at certain times, Mm -hmm. that's all that you have power over. Like you, you don't have much power over other things. So having the power to turn on your computer and escape into another world um, is a really valid way to survive the other things going on in your life. It's definitely valid. Yeah. And I think, and I was just saying this to my power program group today before we started recording that I find that a lot of geeky people, especially people who were raised as girls, have immense amounts of anxiety and immense amounts of perfectionism and immense amounts of being hard on themselves. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's just because like we're all friends and we found each other. I think that it's a common thread of people who found fandom in order to survive those things. So Mm -hmm. like a way to be in another world where you could be a witch or a wizard, um, you know, it makes sense to me that you find these common threads of certain mental health illnesses or certain behaviors within a community who became so passionate about other worlds that they weren't living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we talk a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that is also why Geek Girl Strong works. Like I, I tell other wellness professionals or fitness professionals about it. And if they are not really into fandom, maybe outside of like, Game of Thrones or Marvel movies, for instance, because they're just now pop culture. If 
they don't have an understanding of fandom on a smaller level or like on a convention level, even like that you would pay so much money to go to this place (laughs) full of nerds um, (laughs) and comic books and all of that, that they don't really understand why what I do is working. Um, Right. And I think that it really lies in what we were just talking about. Exactly. I want to talk a little bit more about fandom. Like what is a character that you identify a lot with? So there are a few. One of them who I have a tattoo of is Storm from the Mm -hmm. X-Men. The (laughs) X-Men. And I have the punk Storm version of her tattooed on me, which was supposed to be like this stupid joke. And then everyone else took it seriously. And then, (laughs) you know, like 30 years later or whatever, I'm this kid who got a tattoo of her. Um, And she has a mohawk. But what a lot of people don't know about her character at that point is that she was powerless. And she was powerless because her lover at the time, Forge, created this gun that could take away mutant powers and then these bad guys shot her with it, but she didn't know her boyfriend made it. And then she found out and she got real mad. Um, yeah. So a lot of people don't actually know that part of the story. And then she ends up disappearing and going to hang out with one of Wolverine's many girlfriends that he's had over the years. And, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and his girlfriend's like, man, forget those people. You are still cool. And Storm's like, you know what? I'm going to shave the sides of my hair off. I'm going to change my outfit. I'm going to wear leather and like metal studs on my belt. And I'm just going to show up again and be like, what's up? I'm back. I'd like to be the leader of the X-Men. And then she gets to be the leader of the X-Men because she beat Cyclops in the danger room with her belt, with no powers. (laughs) What a great character moment. It's a beautiful character moment. And so (laughs) I, I got this tattoo because of the idea of this woman who is a New Yorker, a lot of people don't know that, hmm. who experienced... I did not. Yeah, yeah. She, Her parents lived in New York and then moved back to the continent of Africa. And oh. they, they died and she became an orphan. And then later on, like, found out about her powers and all this other stuff. Mm. Um, so, you know, she's this New Yorker who's experienced trauma, who, like, had this big comeback. And obviously, she ends up getting her powers back. She got married and then decided, like, oh, I don't care about being your queen. Like, I want to be my own life and my <laughs> own woman. Divorces mm-hmm. T'Challa. Goes back to, like, controlling the X-Men again. And, yeah, she just embodies a lot of resilience to me. Yeah. And I respect her as a character very much. And Chris Claremont liked my tattoo of her. So. Aw, awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the second one that I always think about really quickly is just Harry Potter. Because everybody hated mm-hmm. him in like the third, fourth books when he's a teenager. And he's yelling at all his friends who are just trying to help him. And I would like to say, as someone who experienced childhood trauma, I related to that so hard. And <laughs> I just wanted to hug Harry and be like, I get Aww. you, man. I get you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Harry Potter definitely has PTSD. For sure. I don't know. <laughs> if he doesn't, how? How? <laughs> I don't know how. He, there, there are things I read back in that book as an adult that I was like, I missed this as a kid. But reading mm-hmm. it now, there is no way she didn't do a little bit of research into trauma and children. Yeah. I did want to say, like, adding on to your PTSD, um, 
conversation. Mm-hmm. I just finished watching Anne with an E on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I used to always love Anne of Green Gables, just like the t- original one of the original TV shows. And watching this remake really it puts in pers- into perspective like how PTSD how it manifests itself like in childhood and how like how little moments kind of bring you back to that traumatic event that happened and i will i'm just gonna recommend it i I hope that netflix renews that show i actually have never read the books or watched the show so i didn't know that that stuff was in it so that's a really good recommendation that you made i'm gonna check it out yeah no it i i started watching it on a whim and then i started talking to people and they're like keep going it's so good and every time like every episode is very sweet and wholesome but at the same time it like shows you how it feels when you're a child that's being bullied or like Mm. growing up at the time that she did and having to deal with sexism and racism and the inhumane acts that were done to like native Indians. It Mm. keeps going on with the show. And at the same time, it's like you love it, but it's, it can be very kind of jarring to watch and see how PTSD kind of manifests itself like in that way. Thanks for letting me know that. Cause every time I saw the trailer, I was like, Oh, okay. There's a whole bunch of, like little white kids back in like little white kid time. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay. That was the same thing I had thought. I was like, I've already watched Anne of Green Gables when I was younger. This is not your mama's Anne of Green Gables. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. And not that I don't like little yeah. white children. I'm probably going to like maybe, I don't know, have sort of one one day. So if people go to my Instagram page, they can see why I made that joke. But yeah. go ahead. <laughs> Yes. But um, any sorry, sorry to derail that conversation. No, that's okay. What changes have you made um, to Geek Girl Strong at this time during social distancing because we can no longer attend events in person? So it's been really tough. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have been trying to do a lot and I cried about it the other day. <laughs> Um, and not in a bad way. Like I want to do everything that I'm doing and I'm not doing like a lot more than I normally do with my business. It's just that doing something new is really hard and all of this is new. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think in general, we should all just remember that, that almost every day that we try to do stuff right now is new. So, (laughs) yeah, um, everything is probably going to feel a little bit harder, just like when you, do something for the first time. So I've had to offer all of my clients virtual sessions. I've had to put some of them on hold because for instance, some of them were doing private pole dancing classes, which would be really difficult in this setting. (laughs) Um, So financially, that's been really tough just because, you know, I'm just putting accounts on hold until whenever. But a lot of my clients have found it helpful to still schedule our sessions together at the normal time that they would have had them because it gives them Mm -hmm. a little bit of normalcy in all of this. Uh, So I've been doing that privately with clients online where we do workouts and health coaching sessions where we talk about nutrition and mental health and all the things we've kind of been talking about here. Um, I've done Fangirl Health Club online twice, once. I don't know, you guys. You've been doing a lot. Um, it's also just because I'm like, what month is it? What day is it? I know it's Sunday. Um, it's not Monday. You're kidding, right? It's Sunday. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry. Wait. Okay. No, I'm like, wait, what day? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, that was great. 
Thank you. <laughs> so sorry. Oh I also don't no, really you know. know what date is. I have to check it every day. I'm like, I mm. I only know because I have like client sessions and events. So I know like what client day it is. And then I can figure out what day it is. Uh, but apparently not. <laughs> yeah, not all the time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we've been doing Fangirl Health Club online. I've cut it back to 10 people just because I want people to get the right amount of attention and quality out of the classes. We typically have 20, um, but I've cut it back in half because I can't be there and see people in 3D. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the attention that it takes to do this from afar is just a little bit higher. And I want to make sure people are still getting the most out of Fangirl Health Club. Last night, like I said, we did the virtual dance party, which was in place of Fangirl Walking Club, which we usually do in person. Um, And then I've been doing New York Comic Con and Emerald City Comic Con have had me on their Instagram lives for the last couple of weeks to do 15 to 20 minute quick movement sessions with their audience. I started hosting a podcast. I... I'm still doing Patreon stuff. I don't know. Where where am I? <laughs> <laughs> to what I've seen, you've kind of handled it really well and still managed to create a space for everyone to feel safe and welcomed when nobody can really interact or like have that like that social positive reinforcement. Well, thanks for saying that. Um it is very validating for me to hear that people can see it because I don't try to fake it at all. I try really hard. Like it's not one of those (laughs) things where I'm like, Oh yes, I'm so good at this. No, I try so freaking hard. I try hard all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm a Gryffindor. I'm a try hard. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, so hearing that people can still see kind of what I'm trying to say and do means a lot to me. So thank you. You're welcome. But I feel like you've always kind of, you like you said, creating the community wasn't on your list when you started Get Girl Strong, but you've done that. And so, like, there's people that have a community and don't even do anything with it. They're only, like, they're only there to just, like, create whatever product or, like, say whatever mm-hmm. they have to say, not realizing that they have people that support them and want to know, want to be more included and have a safe community for that. I agree. And Thank you very much. Because I don't like those other people you were talking about. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, all respect to them. Everybody has their way of living. Whatever. Live your life. I don't like you. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, with everything happening right now in COVID-19, do you have any recommendations for people on how they can improve their mental and physical health? Sure. I think the biggest thing is that a little bit goes a long way rather than getting caught up in doing the most all the time or not doing it at all is just to be comfortable with falling somewhere in between. If that's where you're at right now, Um, because like we were saying, no one knows how to do this. If anyone says that they've had this pandemic, like life figured out, they're lying or they're just out (laughs) of touch. So just, you know, even five minutes of movement a day, if you can't get yourself to do 30 minutes a day, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't have, if Eunice doesn't want to eat a whole salad, (laughs) maybe that person can, you know, have one little side of something mixed in with something else. Just 
getting all of these healthy things in when and where you can is where everything actually happens because Mm -hmm. um and you two know this i am so sick and tired of fad things that are supposed to work fast and then people don't realize that they have to keep doing that like you it has to be sustainable (laughs) yeah um so finding the things that actually work for you your life and your body so sometimes you're like okay i need to be healthy so i have to do this thing but if it doesn't actually work for your lifestyle it's not you're not going to get there and have it work to make your body healthier in any way Um, right my my therapist said when i said that i should stop eating frozen meals um, and she was like well if it if you can't do anything else and it's the best you can do. That's okay. Absolutely. And I like to remind people that your best is going to be different from day to day. Um, and that's something that like all of the little memes that I share on Instagram and my stories, <laughs> a lot of them are like, do your best for today. How you feeling? Yeah. You okay? You're not okay? That's okay. And there, there's one that I always have now started thinking back to because I think that sometimes there's extremes to everything where it's like you don't want to give yourself so much space to not do things that are healthy for you that you're now not taking care of yourself. Like that's important too. And I saw it on this page on Instagram called what's wrong with Molly Margaret, which is hard to say. Um, And it was just the quote, I can do difficult things that are good for me over and over again. And it really resonated with me because it's sometimes really hard to tell people, like, I know this feels hard, but you should do it anyway, um, because it could sound like cold sometimes, and I don't want to discourage anyone. But at the same time, sometimes the things that are good for us is difficult to do. Um, And I think that empowering yourself to know that you can do difficult or hard things for yourself because they're good for you (laughs) is something to keep remembering but also to say it to yourself like you would say it to your best friend that you want to take care like you want them to take care of themselves so rather Mm -hmm. than like judging yourself about it and coming down on yourself speaking in a more gentle and encouraging tone to yourself and one exercise that I kind of do sometimes which sometimes is too deep but other times is exactly what I need is I think of younger me mm-hmm. and speak to myself the way I wish younger me would have been spoken to rather than like coming down on my adult self the way that I do sometimes. So if I want to like encourage myself to do something, what would have been a helpful way for child, like for adult me to say it to child me or any child in your life? So like right. if you have, you know, a kid of your own who you are parenting or you're an aunt or an uncle or anything like that, you probably wouldn't be as, I mean, I don't know, right? But (laughs) uh, if if you have a loving relationship with this child, (laughs) you probably wouldn't speak as negatively to them um, as you do to yourself sometimes. So I think that speaking very factually to yourself, so saying, I am stressed out, because I am trying to do so much to keep this community running. And that's understandable because it's something that I care about. It's something that like keeps food on my table. And we're living in a pandemic. So I'm not making excuses for myself, but I'm having a very factual and real and honest conversation with myself 
to say, you feel anxious because of these very real, tangible things going on. And that's understandable. Okay, now that we have that figured out, what can we get done? Right. I, obviously, you just you basically said what you how you take care of your mental health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add about that? I guess just that I am learning all the time and that I don't always get it right. And mm -hmm. the times that I don't get it right, people probably won't see because I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> and I think it's good to remember that like there are people who know us intimately who maybe see the worst of us and that that's pretty normal. It's just like what you do afterwards that really matters is what I'm learning. Um, and it's not that I'm not allowed to feel. It's not that I'm not allowed to be angry. It's how I express those feelings and what I do afterwards. Um, that really matters. Sweet. I think um, I also, I've been thinking, I don't think I've, we've talked about um, secondary emotions on this podcast mm -hmm. before. And I think it's also very important to think about what emotions, what your emotions are and whether they're primary or secondary because Absolutely. secondary emotions are emotions you feel about your emotions mm -hmm. and often they are not helpful. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So if you are angry because you are sad, right. for example, that's not helpful for you and you should think about why you're angry and whether it's helpful for you. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes a lot for me is I just have my defenses up a lot because that's how I got to being 31 years old and it worked for me at the time, but it doesn't serve me as well anymore. Like it's good in some cases, like people can't get over on me in certain ways and all of that stuff. But there is something to having a little bit of softness to a human <laughs> uh, <laughs> rather than being so darn rigid all the time. Um, and I think it's also along with what you said, Jenny, it's really good to just continue to remind yourself that sometimes the coping mechanisms that you had aren't serving you well for your current situations and mm -hmm. that that's okay. And it's really hard to notice and to accept because it's gotten you to this point. Right. Um, but maybe it has to stay where it is. Exactly. So you mentioned you had a new podcast. Yes. Which, which is very exciting. Can you tell us about it? I'm excited, but also very nervous because I'm very <laughs> new at it. Talking about doing new things. Um, it's called Healthy Geek Academy. And the folks from Mischief Management who run conventions like LeakyCon started mm -hmm. up a podcast production company called Mischief Media and uh, asked me if I would like to come on board for their wellness content. So talking about all the stuff that we've been talking about here, I'm just in the Jenny Arquita seat rather than <laughs> <laughs> the seat that I am in on this podcast, uh, interviewing people about their own stories and wellness and fandom like you all do. And then also sometimes there are episodes of me just doing my Robin rambles. And <laughs> Is that what it's called? Robin rambles? Now, now it is, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, ranting about health and education and the state of the world, and but also what we can do about it. So there's a challenge at the end of every episode that people can choose to um, do or participate in or not, where you know, one of the very first ones was just to create a plan 
which is one of my biggest recommendations to people, is just to create a wellness plan for themselves. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us, where can people find you online? They can find me at Geek Girl Strong everywhere. If they just search for Geek Girl Strong, if it's not me, let me know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it's at Geek Girl Strong on all social media. I am mostly on Instagram. It's geekgirlstrong.com as the website and patreon.com slash geekgirlstrong. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. Please take a moment to subscribe, review, and rate us. It's the easiest way to help support our podcast. You can also support us on Ko-Fi by going to ko-fi.com slash fandom and wellness. If you want to chat with us about this episode, our social media accounts are Fandom Wellness on Twitter, Fandom and Wellness on Instagram and Facebook. And you can find Arkita at Classy Rebel Design, Danielle at Little Petal, and me at Fan Mailbox, all on Instagram. And I wanted to treat you guys, actually, this is a surprise, um, to <laughs> a, um, I, I've started playing the harmonica and I oh wanted to <laughs> play a song for you and see if you recognized it. I'm so excited. Okay. okay. All right. Are you guys ready? Yes. It was a Harry Potter theme song. That that was so vulnerable, though, Jenny. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks. I love that. No, it's really cool. After you said you got a harmonica, I bought one for my sister as a graduation present. Oh, really? Yes. Stevie Wonder always makes me want to know how to play a harmonica, and I still don't. So good for you, Jenny. Shoot, now, like, do you want to hear me play my ukulele? <laughs> no, it's really bad. I'm really bad at it. <laughs> Not all good right. at all. It's okay. And remember, be kind and take no shit. Yay! Yay. You did it.